Welcome to the latest episode of the Stay Informed podcast. We're your hosts of Stay Informed. I'm Tom. And I'm Jessica. Today, we're going to be talking about fraud, a super hot topic um, and a really serious topic in, in principle. So I kind of want to do something different, Tom, if you don't mind. Uh, I wanted to ask you a joke. I'm, I'm all in. I'm all in. All right. So I can't take credit for this joke. It was actually told to me, but I thought it was super funny. Um, why couldn't the frog find his car? Why couldn't the frog find his car? He got towed. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Boy, um, wow. I, I'm using that with I'm using that with my team tonight and I'll be kicked out of the house. Okay, let's go. Yeah, I have one more, but I'll save it for another day. But you know, that one gave me the giggles. Oh wow. Wow. That there you go. Well, I, I'm not speechless, but I'm close. Um wanted to just sort of bring in this issue of fraud and you know where uh AI is going and how AI can help with it. We, you know, at Informed, you know, see thousands upon thousands of documents. And we know that our clients in the back end have to review these documents and find fraud. How can we help? And how um, how are some of these documents changing? Yeah, so I think one aspect of fraud is that it's everybody's responsibility, right? I think a lot of times people think that fraud and especially auto um, doesn't have anybody have um, really negative effects, right? It's kind of one of those things like, oh, I took a car, they have tons of cars and it's from a financial services organization, they make their money otherwise. Um, and it's really thought of as kind of a, you know, credit washing or a victimless crime. But in reality that if we are not all doing our part to really um, ensure that fraud is, you know, reviewed and adjusted and, you know, identified, then we're really making the industry as a whole um, have higher interest rates, have more issues, more, more regulatory compliance uh, components of it and ultimately just hurting our neighbors right so i think that we all want to be good stewards in that in that aspect and um really we have to report fraud it takes a lot of effort to report fraud from a dealer's perspective from a lender's perspective we don't want to be doing it um there's potential that if you report something and that is not correct a false positive it could hurt a customer so it's something that we take very serious like i said um and something that we want to make sure that is really critical um to changing the narration of fraud for the entire industry and, and for our community. Um, what do you think about that, Tom? You know, you know one thing, I, I, I completely agree. And you, know, you at the end of the day, there's no such thing as victimless fraud because as you pointed out, it causes an increase in prices. It makes the customer experience maybe more frictionful because people are trying to put in fraud checks. I mean, I, one question I have for you, Jess, because we are in a remote environment in terms of how a lot of documents are shared with lenders. Uh, how do lenders right now um, evaluate documents to protect themselves without giving away the secret sauce, mind you? But like, what are some of the, the risks and challenges we have? We're in an era of generative AI where people can create fake documents. You know, how can technologies like what we have help? Yeah. So, you know, the fraudsters are ever changing. They're very dynamic. And once you kind of catch up to one, um, there's another fraud trend that you have to really be a parent of. So I think that one fraud consortium, making sure that we are um, sharing information, making sure that we're going to the latest fraud conferences, learning from each other um, in a financial services industry is really critical. Um, there's so many different types of fraud. We could have a whole podcast on all the different types of frauds and how everyone defines them differently. Um, but ultimately, I think just learning about fraud from the people that are like 
front and center and reviewing these fraudulent cases and understanding them is really critical because these fraud trends change um, so much. And in that aspect, AI can really be uh, beneficial that we can have a hunch that we think maybe this data has this idea and maybe it's going this way. Um, and then going down and sitting by side by side with the fraud teams and saying, hey, is this something that you're really seeing on there um, in, within your day to day and experience? Um, I think that's really the best way to make sure that we're getting all of the abilities to combat fraud from a AI perspective is understanding what the humans are doing to combat fraud, because ultimately that's who we're combating from, from a fraudster perspective. You raised some incredible points there, Jessica. The two I'd like to point out are one, the idea of the consortium and two, the idea that there's people in the back end who are working these fraud problems. So as I understand it with Informed, we hear about fraud trends from our individual clients and they tell us what's happening. And then we have the ability to automate or check for some of these latest developments. So on the one hand, say company X finds fraud, they tell us how to find it, we build into our systems and then company Y also benefits from this new technology. Maybe you can talk about some of the things that we've learned uh, from individual clients that we now um, systematized. Yeah, definitely. So we hear, you know, that fraud is an issue across all of our lenders. We benchmark fraud from the perspective of how often we see fraudulent templates. Um, we also look at a holistic approach that looks at different data elements across the industry to ensure that we're getting those, you know, trends that maybe are not seen um, day to day because it affects so many different types of portfolios. Um, and it's a little bit harder to see across um, a day to day organization. So we're really consistently making sure that all the feedback in our feedback loop for fraud is taken into consideration. As soon as we get an email, we have an SLA to respond really quickly so that we know that we want to make sure that we take these things serious because once again, we want to keep a really low false positive rate because we don't want to have any customer harm, meaning we identified somebody that was fraud, was potentially fraudulent and they ended up not. We have a 0.01% uh, false positive. I'm really proud of wow. that. Like I said, we want to make sure that we're doing right by our community, making sure that the consumer is not harmed, but then we are identifying fraud. So um, lenders and dealers are not at risk either. Well, and I, and I was just thinking about that. You know, my understanding is that there are literally tens of thousands of bank documents or banks. And so how could one, any individual fraud examiner at a bank understand all those different forms? But if you have a consortium, if you have somebody who has analyzed all those documents, you've sort of empowered that fraud examiner to be that much more effective. I was wondering, um, is that correct or? Oh yeah, that's spot on. I, I feel like I'm a somewhat semi-expert of fraud. I don't want to toot my own horn, but um, have run several fraud teams and from an operations perspective ran for fraud strategy. So I'd like to think that, you know, I know how to avoid going down the rabbit hole of reading Google reviews of dealers and understanding fraud templates. But, um, you know, and people, when you're suspecting fraud, you start looking at Facebook, you start looking at where do they work and you start tracking down, is that a real address and looking at Google Maps and all the things, right? And so it's kind of fun sometimes, but you can definitely waste time and it's a lot of effort and you really miss things. So like I said, I feel semi-expert. Um, and the other day I was going through our enhancement for our fraud model and I was looking at pay stubs and I knew that this application had two fraudulent pay stubs and I was looking at them and I was like, they look you know, pretty, pretty good. 
good. It looks it looks really realistic. And I read it glazed over and it was a Walmart, the other one Walmart. And I was like, okay, so maybe they were doing it. And then when I was looking at the uh, review of why those were identified of it, it was because a number of things, but the biggest indicator was that they had written Walmart as one word, Walmart. And then they had written on the second application, two different pay stubs, wall-mart, and me, semi-expert of fraud, was thinking, oh, these look really great. And <laughs> But it's just, you know, you start skimming, and I go back to that conversation where they put the the item, like the words um, on a screen, and you can still read it. Um, and it's, you know, when you're looking at all those documents, processing them quickly, even when you know that you're looking for fraud, you can still be biased. You can still be in a hurry and skimming through. And like I said, I... I was looking at a fraud enhancement uh, model documentation and I was like, these look fine. <laughs> so it's so funny you say that about, about the expert being tricked. You know, I have a similar experience. I've been a number of years before informed working on identity theft issues. And I thought I was um, such an expert. And then I uh, got fished by a message from my father, you know, and it wasn't actually from my father. It was from somebody who, you know, had uh, spoofed him. And so, uh, you know, even the experts now can be can be tricked, and which raises a question for me to you, which is, you know, I've heard in the security space that um, AI can now make attacks so much more complicated and more, and they can generate um, attacks so quickly that the only way to defend against AI is to have AI on your side. And so I was just wondering if maybe you could con talk about how, you know, just think about how easy it is now to create a fake form and how you can imagine a generative AI platform creating a fake bank statement by looking at a thousand bank statements. And then you're a fraud examiner saying, well, maybe that is real or maybe it isn't. Um, how do you think about the threat of generative AI in terms of fraud? Oh yeah, I think that having you know multiple attack uh, channels is is always a threat for our landscape and cybersecurity and you know creating synthetic IDs. I think when we really push towards digital retelling, that we really need to focus on you know like you said, not walking into a dealership and what does that consist of. I think documents is really key on being able to validate um, the, who you are and from a KYC perspective, from a consumer perspective, that's really critical. From a lending perspective, we want to make sure those documents are accurate and not fraudulent. Um, and then on top of that, it's really, like you said, those the machines, right? Like we are having people that are machines creating synthetic IDs, you know, within seconds all the time. And so making sure that even from a security perspective, from a technology perspective on your digital retailing solution, it's there. And um, we have dealer portals that we really support and are powered by informed. We have to make sure that the security precautions there um, from an MPPI perspective and privacy links, QR codes, SMS. Um, there's so many different items that we really need to consider so that we're really, um, having a holistic approach to fraud. I mean, that's a, it's so interesting. I, when we think about what AI can do for fraud, I think back in the day where it used to be if you had an SSN or somebody's SSN, you could be well on your way to synthetic identity fraud now. But just think what the capability is now. You can have a, a fake LinkedIn profile. You can have your generative AI create a fake dossier for you or a fake resume. Uh, the sophistication of the responses of the generative AI just means that people have to be that much smarter and it, it really shows the power of having technology to react one thing i'd love to nerd out with you on uh among many things is uh like how many ways that you can identify a fraudulent pay step or a fraudulent bake statement i've seen from some of the examples of our customers issues like the size of the font where the statement uh or the data is on the bank statement um the way they write out the name any thoughts on you know uh some of the interesting ways that people fake bank statements? 
Yeah. So, you know, number one, template based, you have um, the way that documents are lined up. Um, you have bold context. Um, you also have even how your numbers are lining up. Sometimes people even end them all in zeros thinking that that would pass through. Maybe it would if I was reviewing them, but definitely not our AI machine. So definitely tons of different options. Um, and really from a holistic approach, it's not just on pay stubs. We're doing all the checks and verifications um, that a funder would do when they stare and compare. And like I said, if you're staring and comparing at, at uh, funding documents all day, you're likely to make a mistake. So just having the ability from an AI and um, creating all of those verifications and checks is really a level up. One thing that people often don't discuss, but I think it's very important is the idea of the, the false positive, the idea that somebody isn't a fraudster and you're caught in a fraud detection check People get annoyed because of course I'm the real me. They're not thinking about all the other fraudsters that have been stopped. So how do we prevent the ordinary consumer? Or how do we assist entities in stopping the bad guys and not bothering the good guys? Yeah, I mean, if you can imagine, like you said, it is a very complicated process, but we do take it very serious. We are consistently monitoring um, all of our fraud trends, as well as understanding our false positive rates. Like I said, we have a number of feedback loops from lenders, as well as um, integrated with several uh fraudulent uh, conferences and information. We meet monthly with a number of banks that are in a contributory database so that they can give us their insights on what is the latest, greatest fraudster trend. Um, and then understanding from the perspective of AI, I think it's it's really critical of being able to uncover those fraud patterns that you cannot see on a day-to-day -day as an individual. So AI is really helping to identify suspicious activities and patterns um, that is across the industry and the portfolio. So I think it's also, you know, fair to say that um, having a, a benchmark across portfolios of different lenders of different types um, gives the lenders more power to say, hey, there may be an issue. Because a lot of times we hear lenders that are like, do I don't know if I have a big fraud problem. I don't know if that's just what I should expect of doing business, right? Um, but we also as an industry are, are continuing to ensure that we have the best antics to catch fraud. Jessica, I think it's so exciting as we're working with multiple partners, the collaboration we're seeing with us on stopping fraud. I think people really recognize that to address fraud, the only way we can stop it is by working together. And it's really not a competitive issue, it's an industry issue. And so we're just, I think I'm so excited to work with you and others at Inform to actually see if we can collectively put a dent into this problem. Uh, it's been such a pleasure talking about fraud. I know we can talk about this for hours. And so I look forward to continuing this conversation and hopefully we can even bring other experts on from the industry to help discuss and help tackle such an important problem. Would love it, I can't wait. Thanks so much and uh, until then, stay informed. Stay informed.